The Jerusalem Channel is made possible by viewer support. Thanks for watching. How is it that so much Bible prophecy is being fulfilled, and yet the world doesn't seem to take much notice? The world at large gives no recognition to legitimate sacred signs. There's plenty of hype all the time over the occult and false prophets, but never enough recognition of genuine prophetic signs. But we shouldn't be surprised at this because the Bible informs us that in the last days, none of the wicked will understand what's going on. Only the wise will understand. And so the wise had better be you and me. Shalom, I'm Christine Dard. There's a desperate need for God's wisdom and for discerning truth from error. But the Bible informed us in advance in Daniel 12:10 that in the last days only the wise will understand the truth, while the wicked won't have a clue. The wicked will be deceived. The book of Proverbs tells us that the wise in heart will receive God's commandments and instructions. So the truly wise don't always have a PhD from Harvard or Oxford, but they're able to receive God's word without scoffing. Only the wise, the genuinely discerning believer will be able to understand the times. In fact, the Lord warned that much deception would characterize the last days to the point that if it were possible, even the very elect, God's chosen ones, would be deceived. Well, I spent a lot of time combating deception. Genuine believers often ask me about issues that they should have a better understanding of, yet they're susceptible to deception and getting off track. For example, just this week, a strong believer was agonizing over an issue that was to me clearly anti-Semitic. She didn't want to believe a twisted lie about the Jewish people. Yet the narrative presented to her was a lie cleverly couched in deceptive arguments. Its purpose was to undermine and delegitimize the Jewish people. This manipulation of information calls for much discernment. It seems all hell is being unleashed to try to discredit the Jewish people once again. Yet, weren't we warned by the Lord that deception will dominate the end times? Sadly, very few have the necessary grasp of truth, truth that imparts understanding and is a safeguard against deception. God is calling Christians to stand with Israel rather than undermining Israel. Of course, not every decision Israel and its people make is righteous, but our covenant-keeping God has stated in this word that He is determined with all of His heart and soul to bring the Jews home again, and He wants them planted in their own land for strategic purposes prior to their national redemption promised in the Hebrew Scriptures and the New Testament. Bible prophecy clearly tells us that God will regather the Jewish people back to Israel prior 
to the second coming of Jesus. So to fight God's plan amounts to ignorance and wickedness, anti-Semitism through activism and hatred, such as the Boycott Israel campaign, amounts to opposing God himself. But the wise will understand the times. In chapter 12, Daniel the prophet was told that the words in this book are sealed till the time of the end. None of the wicked will understand, but the wise will understand. So who are the wise? They're the ones walking with God. They're the ones who hear and obey the voice of the good shepherd, Jesus, Yeshua. The wise are a holy remnant, as in the days of Noah before the great flood. Don't forget that Jesus said the end times would be similar to the days of Noah. Only eight souls were saved in Noah's ark. Only eight souls had the wisdom to follow God's instructions and escape destruction. So the days of Noah teach us that wisdom for our times will be a rare commodity. Yet the book of Proverbs admonishes us to get wisdom and get understanding. The day of the Lord will come as a flash flood to the wicked. They'll be caught off guard, even though they've been given plenty of warnings by God's faithful watchmen. As in the days of Noah, as also Jesus said in the days of Lot, when entire cities, Sodom and Gomorrah, were destroyed, there will soon come a time of holy separation. Jesus warned, then two men shall be working in a field. One will be taken and the other left. What did the Lord mean by that? It means that at the moment of the Lord's appearing, friends and family members will suddenly be separated into their spiritual and eternal realities. Those taken or raptured correspond to Noah's family who were secure inside the ark. Those who were left correspond to the doomed people who were shut outside the ark. In the last days, the elect, the true believers, will be gathered out of the world into the cloud of the Lord's glory and presence. Yet, prior to this, as prophetically foretold 2,500 years ago in this Bible, the Jewish people will return to their homeland from the nations of the world. The Jews have been miraculously preserved and they prayed and they believed that one day God would bring them home. Their return is unique to our time, but also the returning Jews are being met with increasing hostility and global pressure and conflict from surrounding enemies. In the midst of the smokescreen of turmoil, I don't want you to miss the prophetic significance of what's going on. God is using faithful Gentiles to partner with Jews in order to facilitate end-time prophecy. We shouldn't be surprised because Bible prophecies in Isaiah chapter 49 declare to Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Behold, I will beckon to the nations. I will lift up my banner to the peoples. They will bring your sons in their arms 
and carry your daughters on their hips. They will bow down before you and then you will know that I am the Lord and those who hope in me will not be disappointed. So friends, it's exciting each week to watch biblical prophecy unfolding in real time. But it also deeply grieves me that many church leaders don't perceive what God's doing, even though it was all foretold in this Bible. And some are even blindly fighting against God. Yet when God wanted to strengthen Theodore Herzl, the founder of the modern state of Israel, God sent Herzl a Bible-believing Anglican priest by the name of William Heschler, and the two men became a divine partnership. Heschler constantly exhorted Herzl to fulfill prophecy in Israel's destiny. The Anglican priest was the, in a way, shadow founder of Israel, along with Herzl. Now, ongoing relationships between Jews and Christians in fulfilling prophecy are marvelous to watch. I personally know many examples of Jews and Christians who are fulfilling biblical prophecy together. God in His sovereignty is using Jews and former Gentiles to build up the land of Israel. This past week, we spent time with American pastor Tommy Waller a farmer who lives on Mount Gerizim, the Mount of Blessing in biblical Samaria. Tommy is facilitating Christians to volunteer in Israel on a short-term basis. And an Orthodox Israeli Jew, David Ha-Ivri, and others such as Amit Barak are standing with Tommy Waller to aid his God-given vision. Also, the rabbi of the Mount of Blessings Jewish community, Har Bracha, Rabbi Malamed, has given his blessing. Now you may think that this revered rabbi is an unlikely partner in an enterprise involving Christians. Yet the rabbi wisely understands from the Hebrew scriptures that the nations are destined to be involved in the rebuilding of the modern Jewish state. Tommy Waller says he and his volunteers come to Israel with no agenda except unconditional love. You see, for almost 2,000 years, tragically, Jews and Christians have never been on the same side. But today, Jews and Christians together are becoming the people of the book, working shoulder to shoulder for the restoration of this land. And this brings healing by tearing down fears and concerns. Tommy says he's determined to demonstrate a correct representation of his faith through actions and deeds, because faith without works is dead. Think about what God is doing. In 2004, Tommy Waller had a personal epiphany in the hills of Samaria. While he was captivated by the beautiful scene of a biblical vineyard, in the providence of God, Tommy met a Jewish farmer who shared his passion for planting vineyards in fulfillment of biblical prophecy. The farmer near Levi now owns an estate winery with a label named after the patriarch Joseph, whose bones are buried nearby in Samaria. 
Levi opened his Bible to Jeremiah chapter 31 and read this promise from God. You shall yet plant vineyards on the mountains of Samaria. And furthermore, God said he would gather his people from the ends of the earth in order to reestablish them in their own land to plant the grapevines. Well, Tommy was stunned to see Bible prophecy fulfilled before his eyes. Immediately, he understood the significance of those Bible verses, and he began to envision how he could help the Jewish people cultivate and secure their land. The following year, he returned and began to prune and harvest the vineyards in Judea and Samaria. Tommy, his wife, and his entire family of 11 children began making yearly trips to assist the independent Jewish farmers. Year after year, friends joined them. And in 2007, Tommy's humanitarian organization, HaYovel, was formed. What started with one family helping one farmer grew to many hundreds of volunteers helping multiple farmers in the biblical heartland. They're fulfilling an amazing prophecy found in Isaiah 61.5, which declares the sons of foreigners will be your plowmen and your vine dressers. Isn't that truly awesome? But also in Ezekiel chapter 36, an amazing chapter, God says, O mountains of Israel, you shall yield your fruit to my people Israel, for they are about to come home. And that's already happened in our lifetime. God also promised the city shall be inhabited in the ruins rebuilt. This land that was desolate will become like the Garden of Eden. That God prophesied. But after Mark Twain visited the Holy Land in 1867, he indeed had described it as a desolate country. Mark Twain wrote that there was hardly a tree or a shrub anywhere. But today I enjoy visiting the mountains of Samaria because they're so green and beautiful. Tommy Waller described to me the necessity of Christians working hand in hand with the Jewish people to help to restore the land of Israel. He's also fulfilling another significant prophecy in Jeremiah 31, 6, which says the watchers, Notzrim in Hebrew, the modern Hebrew word for Christians. The watchmen will call out upon the mountains of Ephraim, Arise, and let us go up to Zion unto the Lord our God. For thus says the Lord, Sing for Jacob with joy, and shout at the head of the nations. Publish, praise, and say, The Lord has helped his people the remnant of Israel. Amen. And for the sake of Israel's returning remnant, these watchmen volunteers have been willing to dwell in simple tents and caravans. In like manner, they honor the Jewish people's willingness to abandon ease and comfort in the nations in order to revive a formerly barren land. Many returning Jews know zero skills about farming. They have to learn, but they're determined to plant vineyards and olive groves to reclaim their promised land, just as the prophets foretold. By providing 
support for the farmers during the most labor-intensive and critical periods of crop production. Tommy Waller's organization has saved thousands of vines in Judea and Samaria, and the Christians volunteer at no cost. Why? Tommy says Christians owe a debt to the Jews. After all, didn't the Jewish people give us the Bible and the Savior? So he's helping to repair the breach between Jews and Christians. And if asked why he, as an American Baptist farmer, would get involved in the production of wine, Tommy would say that the wine on the Mount of Blessing is holy wine, a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. In fact, one of my favorite Bible prophecies is found in Amos chapter 9, in which God declares, I will bring back the captives of my people Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They'll also make gardens and eat fruit from them. And in that passage of Scripture, God says, I will plant them in their land, and they will no longer be pulled up from the land I've given them. Hallelujah. When Tommy Waller first received revelation about all of this, he was stunned because he'd been raised in the church singing hymns about standing on the promises, but nobody had ever told him about Bible prophecy promises. As he visited the Jewish vines of Samaria, Tommy knew he was seeing Bible prophecy in real time. He had to get personally involved to help the Jewish people take root once again in their land. The impact of his volunteer work is far-reaching. Ha-Yavel helps to stabilize the farmers with a steady income. The hundreds of volunteers who come from around the world are educated in Israel's biblical right to exist in the land. Many volunteers finish their tour of duty as devout ambassadors dedicated to promoting a positive view of Israel to their home countries. Together, these Jews and Christians are the brave pioneers who wisely understand and choose to stand on God's promises by living, by daring to live on the mountains of Israel, building houses and communities, planting agriculture, establishing estate wineries, and restoring Israel's biblical heartland. Yet they're continually resisted by the international community. Guards and watchmen have to be stationed in the fields to protect the crops. Every day is a struggle of survival, but with God's help, Christian volunteers are part of the restoration cycle. After our recent visit to the Mount of Blessing in Biblical Samaria, we were challenged that about a million and a half Christians visit Israel every year, but most of their tours are focused only on traditional sites in Jerusalem or Galilee or the Dead Sea or the Fortress of Masada. But not many tour buses venture into the biblical heartland. Here's a challenge for Christian tour leaders. Since more than 80% of our Bible was either written or took place in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, 
Why do most Holy Land tours not include Judea and Samaria? Some of the sites being routinely missed are Jacob's well, where Jesus ministered to the woman at the well in John chapter 4, and biblical Shiloh, where the tabernacle stood for 369 years and where God's glory dwelt. Also often missed is Bethel, where the patriarch Jacob experienced his dream of a ladder between earth and heaven. And Hebron, where the biblical patriarchs and matriarchs are buried. And of course, the mountains of blessing and cursing, Gerizim and Ebal, are located in biblical Samaria, where Joshua built an altar and declared, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. By the way, Mount Ebal, which corresponds to the Mount of Cursing, is not cursed territory. None of the Holy Land is cursed. Both the adjacent mountains of blessing and cursing were simply the places where the people of Israel were married to the land and where they accepted the biblical blessings and cursings associated with God's law. So we want to invite you to come on prayer tours with us through these amazing Bible lands. Even though there are millions of Bible-supporting Christians worldwide, the majority don't understand or voice public support for Israel's biblical heartland because they must be educated and see what's happening prophetically. Many Christians are put off by the negative image that the media portrays. But the reality is there are more than 400,000 Jews living in biblical Judea and Samaria. And there are businesses there where Jews and Palestinians work side by side, earning equal pay. So I don't want you to be misinformed about what God is doing to restore the land and to bring reconciliation between Jews and Christians and Jews and Arabs in these last days. By the influence of the Holy Spirit, God is daily directing and enlightening the hearts of sincere people like Tommy Waller. But God withdraws His Spirit from people with a vicious inclination. Indeed, God is perfectly just and He will permit wicked people who are obstinate and who refuse to listen and who boycott Israel. He'll allow them to be deceived even to their own destruction. That's why the Lord Jesus spoke in parables because sincere hearts could hear and understand Him. But Jesus spoke right over the heads of the wicked and the obstinate. Well, I've shared today about the renaissance of Israel's agriculture, and so I want to emphasize that the Lord instructed His disciples to learn the parable of the fig tree, which is a biblical symbol of the Jewish nation. In one of His last sermons, Jesus taught that just as the budding of the fig tree is a sure sign of summer, so the reemergence of the fig tree nation, Israel, is a sure sign of the Lord's soon coming return. Jesus said the generation that witnesses the fig tree blossoming will also witness the sequel, his second coming. In a wider sense, theologians say that the generation destined to see the end of all things is the Jewish race itself. 
Therefore, the preservation of the Jewish people guarantees the sequel, the second coming of King Messiah. And that's why Satan is hell-bent on destroying the Jews. All of this is understood by the wise, but the wicked will never comprehend until it's too late. When Jesus gave his end-time briefing in his Olivet Discourse, the Lord implied that his second coming would be remote. He spoke of himself as the bridegroom whose delay would be for a long while. He clearly said in his parables that Master will return and settle accounts after a long time. However, his delay doesn't deny his second coming. The good news is that the Lord's delay is almost over because Israel, the fig tree nation, has blossomed again. In fact, Israel has been a nation now for a generation, for 70 years. So that means, look up, people, your redemption is drawing nearer and nearer. The Apostle Peter also tried to prepare the church for a long delay. It's been nearly 2,000 years since the Lord ascended to heaven. But Peter wrote in 2 Peter 3, 8, Don't forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. Peter said, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He's patient with you not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Amen. In the last days, those with understanding will repent and seek wisdom from the Word of God. They will learn the key to gaining wisdom is to repent and to depart from evil. As Second Chronicles 7.14 admonishes us, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, God says, I will respond. I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Since we've looked at the great work of agriculture going on in Israel, I'd like to conclude by saying it's harvest time. At harvest time, a farmer's entire focus is reaping the fields because harvest time is definitely a set time. Ripe produce will spoil if it's left too long on the vine. And our Lord challenged us to be like faithful, diligent farmers. We must focus on fields that are ripe for harvest. So let's heed Jesus' urgent command in John 4:35 to open our eyes and look at the fields which are ripe. So Lord, open our eyes to the fields you've set before us. Prepare us for the final harvest time and grant us our place in your ripe harvest fields of Israel and the world before you return and before it's too late. Grant this Lord of the harvest in Jesus' name, amen. Now, I'd also like to invite you to contact me through the social media or visit our website at exploits.tv where you can sign up to receive our free color magazine exploits and where you can learn about our trips to the Holy Land, including the biblical heartland. A reminder also that our Jerusalem Channel app is available free to download from your app store.
And so until next time, always contending for the faith and praying earnestly for the peace of Jerusalem, I'm Christine Dard. Shalom and Maranatha. From the Sea of Galilee to the desert wilderness of the Negev, Israel is the living embodiment of God's covenant promises. What happens in Israel shapes the destiny of the world, and its eternal capital, Jerusalem, is never far from the news. Politicians may be confounded by the very presence of this tiny nation that's been restored after 2,000 years of exile by the Jewish people, but God's prophetic timetable is unfolding before our very eyes. The Jerusalem Channel provides a spiritual understanding of what's really happening in our world today, but we can only continue with your support. Please consider helping us to go and grow with this media ministry. You can make a gift through our website, our app, or by post. Our mailing address in the USA is Box 2768, Stanton, Virginia, 24402. In the UK, it's Box 109, Hereford, HR 49XR. Keep informed and pray for the peace of Jerusalem by partnering with the Jerusalem Channel. <laughs>